I mean, everybody hates smoke. And Just welcome like. <laughs> to the Down in Front Podcast, the official <laughs> podcast of downinfrontpodcast.com. My name is Warren, and I will be your host this evening. What we usually do here is have a drink, and we review a bunch of different things in the media, from movies to TV shows. We even have an amazing Fear Boners podcast with the amazing hosts for tonight. And we just kind of hang out and having a good time. Uh, what we're going to be talking about tonight is going to be the newest film by director Shane Black. Uh, he has directed other movies such as Iron Man 3 and... Kiss Kiss the Worst Iron Man. Kiss Kiss. Oh, I was thinking of, what's that movie with uh, Russell Crowe and Ryan Hot Stuff? The Nice Guys. Gladiator. The Nice Guys. <laughs> Shut up. Do Gladiator. <laughs> Are you not entertained? <laughs> Are you not entertained? Uh, the nice Father guy. to a murdered son. Husband to a murdered wife. That would have okay. been in this life or the next. <laughs> so we uh, usually go around uh, the table. We talk about what we've been watching and what we're drinking. And then we're going to go ahead and open up in a, a non-spoiler section and then give you a spoiler warning. Um, so for now, what we would say is going to toss it over to the beautiful mouth of the South. Mr. Brylan, how's it going, man? It's great to see your face. Uh, what you've been watching and what are you currently sipping on? Good evening, everybody. Uh, what I'm currently sipping, sipping, sipping on. Is <laughs> <laughs> some uh, Gatorade uh, Glacier Cherry. So I uh, went ahead and uh, decided I'll drink some besides water tonight, even though it's not alcoholic. I totally forgot about buying alcohol. That's my bad. Uh, but what I've been watching recently is American Vandal Season 2. And I love the first season of this series, but. I have to say season two is probably better. It was one of those shows where I started watching it and I ended up watching all the whole thing in one day. So it's fantastic. It's hilarious. But also the cool thing about American Vandal as a mockumentary on like true crime series, it usually does the whole true crime format better than a lot of those series. It also brings up a really some really important points about society and just criminal investigation as well. So it's definitely worth watching. And that's on Netflix. I also finished uh, Iron Fist season two. It's, I'll just say it's definitely better than the first Iron Fist. And uh, I would say it's definitely worth watching. So it's um, not up there with Luke Cage and Daredevil just yet, but it's still enjoyable and fun to watch. Fuck, did I miss that? When did that come out? What, Iron Fist season it, two? Yeah. It aired like last three week. weeks ago. Yeah. Wait, did I already see it? No, probably not. You might <laughs> no, not I don't remember think... it. <laughs> it's better than the first season? I don't think I've watched it. It's definitely better than the first season. It starts off pretty slow, but the second half is definitely what, probably what they're expecting Iron Fist to be. I'm going to see if I can try to start it tonight because uh, I fear that that show is going to get into the same sort of mentality of Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and stuff. So hopefully it's um, it doesn't, but we'll see. Go check it out. But uh, cool. Good job. Well, Brylan's always kind of great to see your face. I'm going to toss it over to my best friend. We grew up together, so we basically 
finish each other's orgasms. <laughs> orgasms, that's correct. Abbott, the host of the Fear Bonus Podcast. How's it going, man? You looking delicious as always tonight. What you sipping on and what you been watching? Oh, uh, well, I do have a cherry on top tonight, so looking like a snack over here. Yeah, you are. Um, I actually, on the way back from work, I took the long way home and I walked a ways and I hijacked an entire delivery truck full of um, Charles Shaw wine from behind a Trader Joe's. So I'm working my way through that. Uh, so I guess technically it was the cheapest thing I found because it was free. Um, and then as for what I've been watching, uh, I finally found um, Mandy, which is a movie I was uh, very excited about um, by the gentleman who did Beyond the Black Rainbow, which came out a few years ago, which was like a weird, uh, drug-trippy, sci-fi, crazy horror movie. Um, and this is sort of along the same lines, um, but it's starring Nicolas Cage. And my God, if this isn't the most Nicolas Cage movie that Nicolas Cage has put out in the last few years, it is incredible. Um, the lighting in this film is amazing. It's a very slow burn, but it, it turns into like this hyper-crazy brain fuck revenge flick towards the end and it is full on 11 out of 10 Nicolas Cage craziness. I recommend everybody go out and find Mandy and go watch it. I might wind up doing a, a Fear Boners review of it, but it, it exceeded all my expectations. It's a fantastic film. I don't trust your judgment on movies <laughs> if it's the most Nicolas Cage of Nicolas Cage's of movies. So I'm not sure how I feel about that. Just, okay, so let me does I'm he just gonna say the I'm gonna bet in it. He screams, You ripped my shirt! You ripped my shirt! Like that's one of his lines. It's so good. And then there's a scene where there's there's a cheddar goblin eating macaroni and cheese on a television, and it's it's the greatest thing ever committed to film. It's not even spoiling anything. Just look out for the cheddar goblin. That's all I can say. I'm gonna start telling people that in real life too. Look out for the cheddar goblin. All right, uh, that is Mandy, and uh, Ab, as, as, of course, it's great to kind of uh, hear your voice and get your take on this uh, Predator movie, so I'm always excited. And uh, tossing it over to uh, the Big Apple, we have the most delicious man, besides Abbott, on the podcast, and Brylin. Uh, Mocha, how's it going, man? What you been uh, sipping on and uh, what you been watching? Hey, everybody, what's up? Uh, glad to be here tonight to talk to you about the latest installment in a franchise that was at a time very near and dear to my heart. <laughs> Maybe still is, but I feel like they're trying really hard to take that away from me. Um, as for what I'm drinking, I'm currently sipping on a Harpoon Oktoberfest. I uh, tried to find something that was more in line with a like horrible beef cream. I didn't really find anything on theme in the grocery store I went to, and it's very nearly October, so I figured I might as well get a head start. This is tasty. It's also pretty basic, but uh, I enjoy it. Harpoon makes a good beer. Um, as for what I've been watching, I recently binged through the most recent episodes of Vox's Explained on Netflix. Um, Vox is a, uh, is a relatively new media company founded by Ezra Klein. And the Explained show takes like 25-minute um, like focused documentaries on important situations that are facing the world today. And sort of gives you more like, inform like information on them. But not just things that are really dramatic, but also things that are just particularly interesting about culture. So there was an entire episode about the female orgasm. There was an entire episode about astrology and the history of it. Uh, there's an entire episode about cryptocurrency, breaking down what blockchains are. So it really jumps all over the place and is super, super informative uh, with a really uh, focused historical approach to all their subjects. I definitely recommend it 
to anybody who wants to watch something on Netflix but doesn't want to commit to a new show. It's a great way to get some new some information in a in a fun package. Cool. I mean, it's always good to hear. Uh, and I'm Warren, and I will be your host this evening. Um, I am currently sipping on my favorite gin, um, and I believe it's pronounced Nolt, uh, but other people will probably see it as Nolet, uh, N-O-L-E-T. It is quite delicious, and I'm just my favorite drink um, besides the Vesper is a shot of gin with a splash of water and an orange. So that's exactly what I have tonight. It's been that one of those weeks. Uh, in uh, the other show, I've actually started watching something new. So I am also binging Mad Men, uh, much like Emma has talked about. She was on the previous one. So I've been doing a lot of that and also keeping up with Insecure. I'm, I'm already imagining that it's probably going to be getting close to the end of the series. But I started watching The Deuce on, Net- on Netflix, uh, no, on HBO, I believe. And I think it's also on Amazon Prime. Um, just, just, I was curious because I think they were coming out to the season two and I wanted to check it out, but I don't think, uh, I'm going to be continuing for that show. Did anybody else watch the deuce yet? No, I mean, like any HBO film, it looked interesting with its premise and everything. I just haven't found time to watch it. Yeah. I I I make one of those every morning. So perfect. I mean, who doesn't? Yeah, no, I, I had wanted to watch it. It did look really interesting, but, uh, I have a hard time watching HBO shows that aren't. Game of Thrones and or <laughs> last week tonight. <laughs> I mean, it, I think it's show it, like if I keep up with it, I think it's probably going to be a good show. But again, I know one of the things that we talk about a lot is that there's so much good content and good media out there that I don't want to slog myself through four or five, six episodes for something to get good. So be better. Hollywood. And so tonight we are getting to ready to give you a full review of the predator. Um, I do not know the number of movies that this is at, but I'm going to guess seven, uh, Six? four, four core movies and two alien versus predator. alien versus predator is not canon. We do not acknowledge those at all. <laughs> Take it easy, Brylin. It's okay. <laughs> you don't speak for <laughs> me. That was directed by Paul W.S. Anderson gets immediately thrown in the trash. That's what I'm just saying. <laughs> Sadly enough, though, alien. But Alien, well, yeah, the first movie of Resident Evil was good. After that, it says why. But the <laughs> Alien vs. Predators movies were actually better than no. some of these other <laughs> movies. It's okay. We can agree to disagree. But just talking about the main ones. So what we're going to be doing is giving you like our pre-spoiler. So we're going to have uh, a bit of a rank in. Let's talk about you know this universe. We start with the Predator. We have Predator 2. Then we have Predator tours and then this is the fourth one and this is called the predator is that correct yep mm-hmm. uh so i'm going to toss it over to brylin here and uh brylin i'm curious to know um you know your overall thoughts like give me a bit of a rankings of where do you think what is what's going on with this user universe and also where do you think this universe may go yeah so the original predator starring arnold schwarzenegger and many other politicians is a perfect action movie it is one of the best action movies ever made uh it's unfortunate that none of the other predator movies even get near what it was predator 2 has some solid moments but it still just starts to show things that they don't get what made that first film magical and um, I think you could take all the rest of the movies, Predator 2, Predators, uh, The Predator, just toss them aside. Go read the Dark Horse comic book series. They're much better and they're much cooler. And you could get a sequel to what happens to Dutch after the first Predator movie, which is really cool. Oh, oh that'd be interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'm tossing it over to Mocha. Same question to you. 
So in terms of like ordering the four movies, uh, we go first, pretty much in order. First Predator, second Predator 2, third Predators, probably like seventh or eighth, the Predator. Um, I feel like for this franchise, at least it was something that I grew up with, you know, like probably everyone in this group. Um, like the first Predator movie came out in 1987. I was like one year old then, uh, but I grew up watching this movie as early as like as soon as I could. And it was super entertaining to me, you know, and there was something really for me exciting as a movie that always draws me back that it's a movie that has a bit of exposition but for the most part it just kind of hits the ground running and does what a lot of movies uh fit as with horror scary elements to fail to do today which is manage to create an an unbreaking sense of kind of like tension you know the entire original predator movie these men are being stalked through the jungle and the creature's always there it takes you know it has a lot of patience. It picks people off when it sees an opportune moment or when it wants to sort of like scatter the group. Um, and that's, you know, intimidating in a way that a lot of horror movies or sci-fi movies hadn't really been uh, in terms of their main villains before that, at least for me. Um, so for me, Predator is always like a really high watermark in terms of my personal nostalgia. Um, and, you know, Predator 2 with Danny Glover, you know, had some had some issues, but I think was overall pretty solid from the Predator standpoint. It did what I love best about the Predator movies, which is focus on the fact that this is a being that is just really good at hunting and really enjoys it. And getting to see uh, the Predator in New York City, sort of, uh, you get to see a bit more of what it's like to be that hunter in his downtime, how he takes care of his wounds, who he goes after, how he picks his enemies. You know, it wasn't a perfect film, but I feel like it kept the the soul of Predator going. And then as and time it goes had Gary on, Busey. it did. It did. It had Gary Busey. <laughs> True who uh who was followed in this in this movie by his son something else Busey, Samson Busey, <laughs> Samson Busey, Sam, Samson Busey. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, it's a series that I like, and it's a series that honestly, no matter how bad the movies are, I'm definitely gonna go see them. But that doesn't stop me from having my heart broken when they do get particularly bad. But we'll get more into that later. Uh, Abbott, same question. Yeah, I would I would echo uh, a bit of what's already been said. One, two, three, four. Um, they're just not getting any better. They're trying to, at this point, be a little self-referential, and they're trying to kind of echo what's already been done while trying to to you know bring it into this modern era. Um, but also, what Brylan said, like definitely check out the comics. There's some great backstory there, and things that have been built and mythologies of the actual race of predators have been more expanded in the comics, which is kind of cool to see. Um, but yeah, like so, sort of what like Mocha said, the first two are almost more, more horror, more slasher in that like he's kind of leading the people on and like picking them off, and so it kind of has that edge. While these other movies have tried to be more like action sci-fi, which is fine, um, but I think you do need to take something like The Predator, which looks horrific, and even though it's an alien that turns invisible, you still got to make it spooky and kind of scary, and like you don't know what to expect. The last couple movies. Predators and the Predator have been very on rails. Yes, uh, that that is a perfect way to describe it. <laughs> and, rails, and by rails, we mean heaping mounts of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it goes off the rail, but then it's just on other rails. Um, so you know, before I give my ranking, I did not realize that Shane Black was in the original Predator. Yeah, he's Poncho, and he's the only one that yep. cracks jokes, which is amazing. It's not everybody yeah. cracking jokes. I, I, oh, okay, Brian, oh, man, this triggered me. 
All right. Uh, the only movie I want to put in this ranking is the original Predator. All others are garbage. Um, I literally am only going to do the original Predator. The reason is uh, a echo in everything that you said, but b I like the fact that you know this movie is from '87, so about 31 years ago, and at the time they had a lot of uh, practical, and it felt like they didn't really rely on special effects like this movie here tonight did. Um, but it made it seem like if you don't see um, this being up until a certain point is going to add a bit more to it. Um, it it just basically does everything the exact opposite what this movie did tonight. Um, so I liked it a lot, but I also that's one that's probably one of the main movies, much like Toy Story and Catch Me If You Can. There's like a bunch of different like random movies that if it comes on TV, I'm probably going to watch it, and I watched that movie was like oh i would love to have like a little bit longer cut of that movie and i just took a look at you know the original predator was an hour and 47 minutes and the new predator was also an hour and 47 minutes and my god did that movie feel like it was <laughs> the new predator wait felt you're like telling me this movie hours. wasn't wasn't two hours and 15 minutes long it was not two hours and 15 three hours long. i thought it was like three hours this movie went on forever <laughs> holy cow well okay so another thing that i was thinking of while you were talking about that warren is one of the ways that they marketed the original predator back in 87 not that i knew because i was also one years old but um if you look at like posters and you you look at old commercials and stuff like that nobody knew what the predator looked like until they saw the movie like yeah. all the posters it was like the heat version of it you didn't see its face so that was like the reveal but then all these other movies, everybody knows what the Predator looks like. So that whole like surprise is sort of taken away. Mm. Um, but yeah, like, the surprise it, that's sort of included in this movie that's not really a surprise, it doesn't have the same effect. I well, I didn't even realize it was a surprise. They just literally told you. And I was like, <laughs> okay, let's before we get into that, uh, I do want to give you uh, another quick thing. All the Predator's movies are actually under two hours. Didn't realize that. Um, so Predator 2 was the longest one sitting at a grandstanding of one hour and 48 minutes. So I don't know what they put in that extra minute, but pretty good. It was Danny Glover, so it must have been a little bit of, I'm too old for this shit. Riggs! Okay. <laughs> so with that, we are going to take a quick break, and we're going to get into our spoiler section of The Predator, directed by Shane Black. So if you haven't seen this movie, save your money. Don't it kind of spoils it. itself. It kind of spoils itself, honestly. Yeah. Don't watch this movie. And uh, I want to give an official apology. Uh, I know we're going to get back on track. We will be reviewing good movies here. Yeah. We don't normally review shitty movies. So uh, I'm going to blame Blewett because he's not here and he's been selecting our movie selection. Um, so <laughs> we will get back on track. It's coming up to uh, this horror um, section. So definitely excited to see what horror is going to be coming up. And then we have a family section and then like oscar season so i think it's going to be pretty exciting for that my favorite part is where the horror and the family section cross over <laughs> yeah that'd be great so we're going to take a quick break and we'll see you soon for a full review of the predator
And we are back, and we are the Down in Front Podcast. Thanks for joining in. We are going to be getting ready to talk about The Predator, a completely spoiled. So if you haven't seen the movie, again, it doesn't matter. Listen to this and make sure that you probably don't want to see the movie after this section, directed by Shane Black. I'm Warren. I'm with Mocha, Brylin, and Abbott. So I'm super pumped to actually dissect this movie. Um, we have sections of talking about the acting, the character, and the story. Then we'll talk a bit about the visual effects before we kind of round it off. So I'm going to toss it over to the person who has the most notes, as always, fucking story, uh, Abbott. Talk to me about uh, some of the things about this movie, um, acting and characters and story. Um, again, sort of like I like I mentioned before, like the cast is great, but sort of the characters that they were dealt weren't um, ideal. We're sort of introduced to this uh, this preface of a story where a uh, an American black ops sniper is in Mexico killing drug cartel people and he encounters the predator and it just winds up wrapping into our story and it all seems very convenient. But then magically we're also introduced to this ragtag band of uh, blacklisted, hyper-masculine, crazy-ass uh, armed forces rejects and they're all great actors but their characters are just like they're not, e- they're not even forgettable characters. They're just like, why? Like, why does Thomas Jane have Tourette's so he can tell Olivia Munn that he wants to eat her pussy? Like, what? why did that scene have to happen? I'm going to call out a whole bunch of things that just happened randomly throughout this film, and I don't... You know, I'd rather have a predator tell me that he wants to eat my pussy than have Thomas Jane randomly <laughs> tell Olivia Munn that. And it's just like the characters were just too over the top. I did enjoy the fact that this was the dumb ridiculous action movie that i was expecting it to be it was fun to watch but then i came out of it and i was like was that a good movie though uh, not really like i kind of had fun while i was watching it but did i enjoy it amazing yeah. that you actually had that question when you left the theater <laughs> question everything <laughs> like that was you a debate question in your head. everything <laughs> i didn't realize who was all in this movie um and so i was definitely surprised i think i knew the only person i knew in this movie was the main dude and the only reason why i know him because he was in wolverine but no, even better i didn't realize yeah i didn't realize that was him either he yeah. was Shut he up. was he his oh, character we- was like fun but he was still too main charactery. he was just like you know, I'm here with a purpose, and I'm here to save the day. And here's my Tip- shining armor. Typical white dude. Boyd, Boyd yeah. Holbrook is RC Cola Charlie Hunnam. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. It's probably like the weird. third time you made that joke. Boyd Holbrook uh, <laughs> bummed me out so much in this movie, just because he had a lot of charisma and charm as Donald Pierce and Logan, and he made like for mm-hmm. a fantastic villain. And then all that went away here. And you know what? Every predator has like cheesy one-liners, but you know there's a difference between Arnold saying like "What's wrong? Pushing too many pencils?" or "Stick around," <laughs> saying things like that. When Boyd Holbrook delivers a line like that, it just feels cheesy and grating and just really, really forced. Um, also, that final scene where he looks like he ate a bunch of cheeseburgers after he beat the original Predator and had the worst mustache. I was just like, what the hell happened here? (laughs) You don't even need that crazy-ass Predator armor. You're like 800 pounds of muscle, bro. I thought this... Oh my gosh, Brylin, thank you so much, bro. That was the first thing I thought. I was like, damn, did he gain weight? (laughs) He gained a lot of weight. Just from... they were going to change the ending. Originally, the ending they were planning was supposed to have like Arnold come back, like an aged Arnold. Dutch was supposed to come and recruit them to fight predators, and then they changed it last second because Arnold said he didn't want to be involved. Thank God. 
I thought <laughs> so. Obviously, spoiler alert: we're already in our sections. But guys, can we? I, I, we're going to skip to the, let's talk about this ending for a moment because the saving grace. I was picking up my book bag and I was like, "Oh shit, this movie's not over." And so I was looking there, and they were getting ready to like unleash whatever that was in the fucking chamber. And I'm like, "Please, please, for the love of God, just do a de-aged Arnold Schwarzenegger, like just in do the it pod. in the pod." <laughs> And he was like, "What is he? What is he called?" It, uh, it reminded me of like Godkiller, like whatever the fucking name of was. I was like, "I don't, I don't care what it is. Just please do a de-age, like completely buff, com- like a Terminator style Arnold Schwarzenegger, and just have him come out." It was like some sort of ridiculous line. Just or- the fact that they were talking about the whole like side plot of like the predators doing gene splicing, I was like, they would have had a lot of Arnold's genes because of all the blood that he spilled in that movie. That would have been cool that they made like a weird. Arnold Predator clone that would have been dope. I was thinking though it was actually going to be an alien. Mm. See, I, that would have I need cool. to speak or if it was to... a Terminator. Oh, shit. <laughs> I need to speak to the head of research and development for the entire Predator race because if their notion is we're going to make ourselves stronger by going out into the universe, finding things that are weak enough for us to kill, and then incorporating <laughs> yes. them into our beings. Like, what the hell kind of logic is that? Like, we need human <laughs> DNA. Why? Because they got prettier eyeballs than us. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Like, there's there's so many issues with this movie, but I think well, that, was I, at least, I, that was the one thing I was liking, because at one point, it definitely seemed like, oh, it's dormant. And I think I was like, is this Alien vs. Predator? Is that actually canon? I know, Riley, you said that, but I was also getting excited about that. Like, anything would have been better than what they gave us. I'm yeah. just saying. And, like, big ups for that last scene, like, promoting child labor. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what are we going to do with this kid that's supposedly better than the rest of us? Oh, let's give him a job at a secret underground lair. <laughs> yeah, the poor kid has Asperger's. Put him in front of a computer developing weapon. That seems, that yeah. seems safe. Also, that kid was wearing the same clothes. Yes. Did anybody, <laughs> guys? Nobody. They literally just dropped them off, and for months he's been in the same outfit. Hey, yeah, I wear cool. I wear the same clothes for a week sometimes. Depends on how I'm feeling. I, yeah, I, but your Asperger's is undiagnosed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Abbott. What else you got? Um. Again, I mean, like the cast. The characters that were presented, you have this overwhelming um the ship is tipped towards the the hyper bro side of the of the bow, and then you're you're introduced to Olivia Munn's super smart scientist and the child with uh super Asperger's. And it's like, how are these things supposed to balance out? How are these things supposed to work and like team together to like combat the predator who's just all badass? And it doesn't. It culminates in Olivia Munn trank darting herself in the foot and then winding up in like a weird rape hotel scenario where she's oh, surrounded yeah. by like deranged dudes just staring at her. It's terrifying. So, um, uh, so if the issue, but even even before that, even before tranking herself, like, man, I have so many issues. Her character is so underdeveloped. Like, she's like, I'm just a scientist that was told that I'd be told when aliens came and then I would be told that I could scoop their brains first. But why? Why <laughs> yeah, make but it? Why? But why make a scene that have Olivia Munn like just huddled in the corner naked? For uh, oh yeah, well, hold on. The whole thing with for that was just just to show that yeah, the predator is still not going to attack anything that doesn't have a weapon, and the whole like clean room thing. I mean, but it is a stupid scene anyway. But I, I mean, completely also, Olivia, to get her naked. Olivia Munn is. 
she's being a scientist that doesn't science any shit through the whole movie. She <laughs> then walks why, in, uh, she then walks why in would and says, oh, an alien, it. it's sexy. Then but why would it <laughs> shit goes attack? Back. I want okay, so she I want someone a, to recut that scene I mean, when it comes very, out instead of the predator a, going like. I want him to go. There's Thanks. a lot of there's a lot of um, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, moments where they want to like honor the past predator movies, and one of the worst ways they do it is when Olivia Munn says, "You beautiful motherfucker." I was like, God, you know, what made you me say so that. <laughs> That's they not. Even said, they even said at one point, "Get to the chopper." Oh, that, that was the worst. delivered yeah. good. It wasn't even like choppers, and they get that motorcycles. <laughs> Yeah, my issue with that scene, even before the naked Olivia Munn, but not really, like even before, like even after or during the get to the chopper sequence, which is whatever, was that Olivia Munn was able to run and keep up somehow with this fucking predator being just randomly while carrying in a dart gun and then chooses to trank herself so that she then has to be helped away. And I'm like, then why? Well, and do you notice how fast Jake Busey's character just disappears? He literally just says, don't let it escape. And then we never see him throughout any of the other, rest of the movie. I thought he died. Well, his guts are falling out of his body. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. 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 He, he had he, a I big red spot on his belly. He did. He, he did. Yeah. Yeah. That, that entire scene in that laboratory was shitty Independence Day. It was like the <laughs> shittiest possible version of the movie Independence Day. The entire <laughs> They should have gotten Brent Spiner for that so, role then. Was he the guy who played the deranged doctor? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Data from Star Trek. Oh, shit. Yeah. One thing. I I mean, if if you're going to make this movie, you better ham the fuck up. Ham everything up. I mean, this movie's pretty ham. No, it's not. I mean, there was too many, like, semi-serious sequences or, like, tough guy, like, Macho Man. I was like, no, 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 no. You're doing way too much here. If like, Macho Man was still alive, they should have put him in this movie. I yeah. mean, he was to say he wasn't Predator. Yeah, one thing I did, one thing I did appreciate about that uh, breakout scene by the Predator from the um, underground lair was uh, one they made a reference, they made a joke about uh, the Disney World ride Haunted Mansion. So I appreciated that. <laughs> um, but also when the Predator kills all the guys in the trooper truck and then takes the arm and puts it through the window with the thumbs yeah. up. I was like, <laughs> oh my yeah, God. Predator. Oh my God. And then he just sits amazing. down. Like, he just sits down and chills. That I was, was like, God God sure that Predators are learning what humans are like and so fine. Do that scene. Like the thumbs up oh, kid man. meme. Guys, I had a big really issue with the tone. That. What's really upsetting about that is that scene where he wakes up in the lab and goes on a killing spree is actually one of the cooler moments in the movie because you're seeing the Predator do what he does best, which is fight people and murder. But the choreography for it, like the camera like the camera work and the CGI on his attacks were so fast that like nothing really registered. And that's a perfect moment to take a Predator and have nice, like fairly paced shots of him actually like eviscerating people and like giving them good kill shots and like just Budget, give us all the bro. money shots we need there because the rest of the movie is going to take place in a dark in the dark woods or whatever where you can't really see anyway. <sighs> so I much is bad about this Can we talk about the introduction of the Predator dogs? Yeah, it's been long. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> was I the only one that was concerned? Because like at first you don't see them; they're just kind of silhouetted with the the big predator and like. Uh, I was concerned they were legitimate because they were talking about gene splicing that they were legit just going to be four legs with predator heads on them. 
Like I thought it was just going to be regular. They were nearly that. (laughs) They looked different enough that it was like, okay, that's a dog. But I thought it was just going to be the humanoid predator head, just like on the freaking like. I mean, they had predator like on their heads, so they just didn't have the fourth, the four split jaw. Those that throwaway line where they asked about the 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 dreads and Olivia Munn's just like, oh, maybe they're just extra sensory receptors so that they can. It's like, oh, thanks for the science, Shane Black. They're uh. They're erogenous zones for the predator. <laughs> oh God! It's like what, is it an avatar when they fuck with their ponytails. <laughs> Imagine writing into the script. This is where the predator's backup shows up, and then you just make them dogs that have dreadlocks. Like they didn't even look like aliens. They were just big dogs with dreadlocks. Just <laughs> put joints in their mouth. <laughs> Man, so where's the bad. imagination, Shane? It, I don't think he had any imagination at this point. Even the introduction of uh, Little McKenna, Rory McKenna, I was like, man, I have seen this story a Back lot of times. Kenna. Oh my gosh, she's so stupid. Oh man, don't let... Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So for everyone yeah. listening, sorry. This is, all the references are going to be all over the place because it's just fucking nonsense, this movie. But the scene yeah. where the Predator makes it back to his ship, first of all, the humans get there and they talk about how they're going to use the translator to download the mainframe. And God, did that piss me off so much. Like, I hate, I hate shitty hacking references, but to say that you're going to use a translator to download a mainframe is ridiculous. But then the Predator goes into the ship and uses the translator, apparently, and has this weird, like, robot voice where he's like, uh, like, uh, bring me McKenna. He is your leader. And I'm like, what? Why is this happening? Yeah. One thing I'd say, Jacob Tremblay, I mean, Thank goodness he's not Ty Simpkins. He's definitely God, a good. Thank he's God. A, he's a good child actor, but his whole character is very formulaic, and it's he's like an '80s stereotype of what people represent as a kid on the spectrum. He does same things, loud noises, puts his ears around, which is very inconsistent throughout the movie. Um, <laughs> but also, he's always like he'll say things that sound creepy, but you're like, hey, he got a leg up on. Uh, whoever he's talking to, like that scene with the postman. He's like, my daddy kills so unnecessary. people, so you can be a postman every day. Don't be a dick. <laughs> that poor old man was being legitimately nice to him. He wasn't being rude. Yeah. And it's like, oh, my dad murders people, so you can keep being a postman. Like, I did off, like the one, the one exchange he had with, uh, what's his face, where he's like, oh, that's reverse psychology. Why don't you not go fuck yourself? <laughs> yeah. Or when he's like, so. while well, well, he's trick or treating and he has the predator mask on, and that those punks that live in that house, that the helmet decides to shoot the kill the guy, and he yeah. turns around and looks at the bullies that have been harassing him the whole time. He holds up the mask like, yeah, fuck with me. Why don't you? <laughs> and then that's and yeah. that's the last time we see that helmet. Yeah. No, Come no, no. Because they they use it later on to deflect bullets. Like he oh, brings it back right. to his dad, yeah. but oh um, God. but no, that scene. I feel like no one really addressed the fact that that child murdered a man, <laughs> and like that, like there has to be some repercussions there. No. Like, come on, that's why nope. he's probably working in an underground bunker, bunker at the end. <laughs> the guy, on the land. That kid can't be in public anymore. <laughs> All right, Abbott, what else you got? Um, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to throw it out to you guys. If you have some other talking points, I could, I could keep going. There's so many weird things that happen in this movie. It's just, it's, it's definitely punctuated by what the fuck moments for sure. Uh, t- Brylan, tell me what you got. 
Yeah, so I mean, we mentioned a lot of bad. I'll mention some good things to like. One, I'm I like some of the homages that they have in here, especially Jake Busey. Not only does Jake Busey look like Gary Busey now, but it's cool that he's playing the son of Gary Busey's character from Predator Two. So I thought that was a really cool nod. It it doesn't um, overextend its welcome. It's there for the brief seconds he's on screen. Um, and I did love Trevante Rose as his character. It's probably my favorite character in this movie. I felt that um, I felt like Nebraska was like kind of like the right kind of crazy for this group of wacky individuals that they're trying to bring together. Um, I even like his death scene where he just like goes ape shit and just says, fuck you, I'm going to save your ass and throws himself into the uh, thrusters of the Predator ship. It kind of makes sense for who his character was. Um, but Do we has, know why he started he has, bleeding from the... Do we know why he started bleeding from the mouth in that scene? Like, he jumps when the when the shield forms and he lands on top, but then he starts like having like like this weird like it's mouth blood he's situation. Losing oxygen. They start. They're going too high up in the air. No, they uh, weren't. Yeah, not you a, do bleed I, in the mouth when you run out of oxygen. You do. No, <laughs> no, no, Brylin, No, don't try to put any logic to that. Yeah. That it whole scene make, though on on the spaceship is almost ripped out of the end of Alien Covenant too. When oh, they're yeah. like, hanging on to the yeah. top of the fucking spaceship, I was like. I've seen this movie before. Just a Which different is even alien. more infuriating because that was a bad scene in Alien Covenant. <laughs> he started, bla- he oh, started blaming for the mouth because here. of uh, all the cigarettes he smoked through the movie. <laughs> that guy was oh just God. like popping cigarettes out of his mouth like he was a cigarette dispenser himself. And he smoked all of them like they were joints. Like he had like <laughs> seen the forefinger and the thumb, just like hard drags, and then <laughs> yeah, maybe he had lung cancer at the end. Maybe mm. who knows? We'll never know. We'll never know. Wait for. The Predator too, but but I, also like Neto like getting his legs chopped off. <laughs> so silly. But there's but that space in between the that, that the space in between the spaceship and the force field is just large enough for a man to lay down until a grown ass eats too much cheeseburgers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't do that a couple months later. <laughs> I gotta do what? Ah, nah, nah, I can't do it. <laughs> we need to increase the size of this here force field. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I would say also uh, Sterling K. Brown. I mean, this dude's literally chewing scenery in this movie. One thing I appreciate about Sterling K. Brown, I never know it's him until I see the credits. He seems to just kind of <laughs> be whatever crazy character he is on screen if it's a great character or uh just a nutty character like this one this and he's just pure asshole uh black ops like administration guy that you know he's gonna die some horrible death and he dies like the worst death ever when he like misfires one of the alien weapons that the predator has i felt like they had to kill him and they wasn't sure how to they didn't want to redeem him yeah. And I was like, that's such oh, a, yeah. like, come on, you have to at least have it, have a Carl Weathers sort of death there. Like, yeah. he what? was, re- they, they came back, they have like a link up and they have like a truce and maybe like there's a nod from, um, older McKenna and he's like, I got this. And then he just like, you know, hurts the predator. Some, I, I don't know. I think that was, no, it. I, I needed, was his so death stupid. needed to be, his death needed to be more grandiose. It literally was a scene where he like accidentally activates, shoots himself in the head. And it was just like one half second. It should have been something um, more over the top. Like he gets ripped in half by a predator or something. Yeah. yeah. It's Sterling King Brown. 
Oh yeah, go ahead. For what it's worth, uh, this movie Sterling K. Brown, who, mind you, is an Emmy Award winner, uh, provided me with one of like my biggest laughs of this film, which was a scene where it was obviously just like super hammy and over the top, but it really killed me when he's like laughing at the at the kid with Asperger's because his dad is running into a trap outside, and he's like, "Oh, your dad with all of his like." army ranger experience fell into some like easy uh trap outside why no one would do that unless it was a diversion it was so fucking stupid but that's, so he's almost like intentional. A, he's like yeah. a cartoon villain that's the thing like even yes. when we're introduced to his character yeah. in the beginning of the movie my first inclination was like who who put this fucking guy in charge of alien activity like who in the government was like this guy knows his shit he seemed like a complete, like, off-kilter goofball who was just like, aren't aliens cool? We should find out more about them and kill them. It's like that. I don't, he was a great character, but, like, he still just didn't make a lot of sense and we don't know where he came from. He was just as alien as the Predator was. Yeah, I'm just glad he, like, chewed the shit out of every scenery. Uh, the fact that this man was chewing gum everywhere from the first time we see him, he's hopping, like, 18 pieces of gum to the point where he's in the sterilization room. We clearly see younger Busey and Olivia Munn's character like have to like undressed and kind of get like sterilized. He's still chewing gum in a scene. It was like in a, a lab. I was like, Oh, fuck it. Every <laughs> time we see him, he's like just chewing his gum. I'm like, God damn, man. Are you, what's, what's going on? But Not just chewing I do. Gum. I, I do. He, he takes a new piece in every scene, which is what's amazing. Cause it, like, there's a couple, there's a couple scenes where like he ends his lines too, going like, Ah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, what? Why did you add that? Like, what is that? What's your character's motivations right now? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Wario, follow. <laughs> but um, yeah, with Sterling K. Brown, he also—I mean—a lot of characters get some weird-ass moments in here, like uh, Boyd Holbrook's character randomly finds an arsenal of weapons to put in a Winnebago for everybody. Um, Sterling K. Brown randomly finds an a, a predator shoulder weapon that he can use and knows how to use it too. So it's just like weapons are just like popping out of the sky for everybody, which makes no damn sense at all. Um, and honestly, like when you just, when you describe certain elements of this movie, it sounds like oh, like if you just describe this to me, I'd be like, okay, I can see how this might be cool. But somehow, somehow they managed <laughs> like, to make everything awful. Up. <laughs> at least give me a montage right give me a montage or a scene of like guys we gotta lock and load and then we show them like he um we go to uh older mckenna fuck i don't remember his name we go to older mckenna's Twin. like house and he hits the secret switch and he has all these guns that he's like loading up and then we see and then we hear something in the background that says Autobots roll out. And then it makes sense. <laughs> but uh, it's unfortunate that there's a lot of good casting here that's wasted. Like, Key is wasted. Thomas Jane is wasted. Theon Greyjoy is wasted. Yvonne Stravosky is wasted, too. Yeah, man. Oh. And she's amazing. Um, I mean, but, I mean, no, Key, like, has one of my favorite jokes in it, which is he's talking about Baxler when he says, what's... <laughs> It's like what's the difference five black guys and a joke? It says Baxter's mom can't take a joke. <laughs> I was laughing my ass off when he said that. That was amazing. But uh yeah, I wish they actually had more better moments like when Thomas Jane and Key when they die when one gets impaled and the other's gutted and they look at each other and nod and shoot each other exactly at the same time with God guns. I'm like 
Well, that was the you one thing I could tell what their relationship we, was. They were friends. That's all we know. Besties. Ooh, interesting point. No, <laughs> on. So, no, they did tell us why, but go ahead, Mocha. No, I was going to say that it was pretty heavily, uh, like at least uh, hinted at that they were, that they had something more going on between each other yeah. than just uh, them being mm-hmm. like old, like buddies. But uh, so I went to see this movie with a uh, friend of the pod and friend of this, per- this group, Ian Scott Howland, and he pointed out something that I had missed. Which is the fact that despite all of the obvious like uh, insinuation about their relationship, when they both die, they both die facing each other. And Thomas Jane is impaled and has this huge like phallic tree spike sticking out of him. And Key is on the ground cut open. And so he is, his stomach is like this massive, open, gaping, like steamy wound. And it's just like extremely, <laughs> extremely sexual. And this I like gory, gory way. <laughs> They're so like, that's the most romantic part of the whole movie. I want a movie about just them and they're like, they're developing relationship in military prison. But it made it seem like they had a, a past. Okay. First of all, these were some straight throwaway lines that I think they should have probably given us a little bit more backstory. Um, but uh, it made it seem like they were. I thought, and this is what it made more sense to me. Now, I don't know how I thought this, but let's see. Give it a shot. I thought they were on. They were enemies. They were both um, against each other, and they was like basically stranded. They were in the prison together, trying to kill each other the entire time, but never did. And so, once they got out, they just became like close friends, and they just kind of knew each other. No, that's what they that told everyone. Is that what no. that okay? So that so they did say that, but it was really no, like no, 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 no. Oh. Sorry, I just no, no one said that. I was just being. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought so. They were was, they were fucking. They were fucking. But there was lines from like Neto or whatever, whatever that guy did name. Nettle. Nettle. There was lines that he said about them, and I think old, old, old Boyd Holdbrook was like, "Oh, for forever, blah blah blah," and like that was like basically their exposition in this, in like a yeah, like fifty. Yeah, the moment when he's crying because of them being in the 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 chase, and like he had lost his whole previous platoon, and like he was getting over that, and then they had that that moment where they kind of like kissed. No, that didn't happen. Go ahead, Bradley. (laughs) Um, I would say that uh, I mean this movie just uh, it's it's kind of like two movies smashed together, and neither one got really finished. Uh, There's a possibly good Shane Black movie in here that's about this group to like like mil- mental like discover uh, like a ex- exploration of mental illness among military soldiers that have had some wrongs done by them and like trying to get to know these characters better. I kind of want just that movie. And then there's a very mediocre predator movie here where to the point where these predators totally break the rules about what predators should be doing which is like the hunt and they, that they are regardless of their name being wrong. They are more like game hunters. They're not predators. Um, but uh, I mean, the super predator just pissed me off so much uh, just because they talk about that. I mean, well, he's 13 feet tall, which is ridiculous. That kind of like defeats the purpose of a predator that has to be silent and stuff. And he just walks mm-hmm. around like the Hulk smashing shit. Like, you're not being a predator. You're totally destroying the whole point of a predator. And then the little predator, I mean, the whole thing about having him have human DNA, uh, Mocha, you bring up a great point that he's, I mean, that just would make a predator weaker. (laughs) But also, it makes (laughs) In almost every way. 
Yeah, and it makes no sense that um, that that's going to be something to benefit them to get ready to move to Earth, which they're just saying Earth is inevitably going to rot and die, and the human race is going to actually die out because of global warming and everything. Don't push that type of shit in this type of movie. There's no reason <laughs> for it. Um, it's there was a, a bunch of shitty, like shitty moments like that where they just made these massive, like jumps in assumptions about what they knew about the predators with no basic knowledge, including yeah. the fact that Sterling K. Brown was like immediately aware once they found out there was a super predator. He was like, "Oh well, clearly the little predator went rogue and is trying to save um, humanity." Oh my god! The big predator is here to kill him. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> they keep and they keep well, besides logic like being dumbed down they keep dumbing down science too because when finally they bring in olivia munn's character to look at the alien and like they're like having this back and forth she's like okay like quit cut the shit like you just want me to tell you whether or not someone fucked an alien at one point right (laughs) and then they both look at her and they're like yeah (laughs) actual actual line yeah olivia had a bunch of terrible lines in that movie when it came to the science uh one of which which really pissed me off when they first saw the super predator when they get aside to a place where they're safe, Olivia Munn says, did you see that? He grew an exoskeleton under his skin. And first of all, literally nothing happened in that scene other than the big predator just smashed Yeah, you don't see that happen until later. And also, if it's an exoskeleton, it's not underneath anything. It's outside. (laughs) Yeah, that makes it an endoskeleton. (laughs) Yeah. God. To add on to the science, like, they they define that the self-destruct uh, weapon on a Predator's wrist is like a mini-nuke. You see like a huge mushroom cloud at the end of the original Predator. Then they're going to nuke a Predator's ship that's much bigger, and it's just a little fireball? Yeah. Fuck <laughs> that shit. I mean, that's for, and, for, yeah. and for no reason, because the capsule still survived. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like the Super Predator goes in there, sets it to self-destruct, before going on the hunt, and it's like, well, no, like, the Predators, they hunt, and then they leave, so, like, the Super Predator would need to have some way off. It wouldn't just destroy its own ship for the sake of, like, just for the sake of having, like, a big explosion. There was no point to it. He's taking his prize. Makena. Makena. He will lead us. Makena. So bad. Bradley, what else you got? Oh, uh, wait, wait. I got some really other quick. things, but I want to save it for the uh, visual effects, because I want to add a lot of action stuff in there. Okay. I just got to okay. ask really quick. Because the Super Predator demanded that, or made it very clear that young McKenna was like the best among them, does that mean that that Predator was trying to take his Asperger's DNA in order to incorporate it into his own species? <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> so the God. next Predator you see land on Earth is like, oh, loud noises. <laughs> So the fact is, the super predator was in fact the child predator that Chris Hansen has been after the whole time. <laughs> you take a seat. Super predator, how about you take? Can somebody make that gif? Make that meme, please. Mocha, you got anything else to add? About what? Shit. <laughs> Acting characters are exactly. story. No, no. I mean, yeah, it's just like so. It's hard to say because this movie was so all over the place and. There were so many different things that caused so much rage. But um, one thing that I thought was really odd was how this movie went out of its way to, A, like paint all soldiers as being extremely, extremely damaged. <laughs> like, no matter what, everyone in that movie who was a soldier was fucked up in some way. But also, they like, have these weird lines that they drop over and over where they're like, 
it's almost like uh like patriotic propaganda about the essence of being a soldier so the first one was when they put the unconscious olivia munn into the room and someone asks like another character oh is she going to be okay in there with those guys that are all from a prison and are all mentally unstable and i think Boyd, boyd's response is uh is soldiers a sleepy girl nah yeah that was yeah, such a know. weird line i was like because what? they're what? soldiers they would never ever act untoward toward a sleepy girl that has never <laughs> happened <laughs> never nah it was just a nah. weird line and also just like uh and then later on when uh when what's his name the main character is giving his big like w- like motivational speech to get everybody excited about like fighting the predator and he's talking to the, to the guys and he's like we're soldiers he's like uh he goes uh we shoot ourselves in the head and walk to the hospital. We're soldiers. And I was like, ah, come on. <laughs> no, soldiers hell. wouldn't do that. Sorry. Yeah. And if soldiers do that, that's a that's like a bad thing that we need to then address. <laughs> that soldiers are coming home and shooting themselves in the head. And that's like a normal thing that you're proud of because masculinity is toxic and destroys everything. <laughs> it does just kind yeah. of take a lot of mental health issues and just make them like story tropes. It doesn't yeah. really like build the characters. It's just like, oh, aren't these people quirky? And it's like, no, that's not what we're not really elevating these things and we're not really educating people. We're just kind of using these characteristics to kind of make it more hokey. I think the one thing that was um, unfortunate is, you know, again, we've seen a lot of different things that talked about mental health and mental illness. And the one thing that they really, uh, and they by they, I mean Shane Black chose to focus on is to show that the bullies of how, you know, if somebody has Asperger's, you know, they can be potentially superhero, but still at the same time, people still view them as being an outcast by the use of retarded in this movie, by the use of the bullies in this movie. Um, and then also with all these guys and these soldiers kind of dealing with stuff, the way that they're also being used, basically kind of dealt with is basically they were all going to go to die from that bus. Like that bus was probably going to go and kill all of them. And I think Olivia Munn even has a line about, Oh, before you lobotomize them, right? Yeah. You know, we need to talk to them. And so the bus turns around and then that's how they get back into the story. So I'm like, so you just kill everybody who's different. Mm, that's not, that's, that's not okay. But, um, I'm not going to spend too much time on it. I'm just curious about, uh, the tone of this movie was all over the fucking place. Yeah. And usually I actually enjoy even Ty Simpkin moment. Enjoy some of the tone from Shane Black movies. Um, because it, even though it has like a bit of a serious tone, it feels like the actors in the movie itself are, um, like they're dealing with like maybe a serious issue. And then there's a bit of an overtone and then above top, there's like some jokes that like kind of cracks about it, but it's still okay. And they're still in the actual moment. Look, thinks nice guys, thinks Robert Downey Jr. Right. Like Robert Downey Jr. is dealing with some crazy ass PSD from PTSD, my bad, from what was happening from before. And Yet he's still trying to crack jokes like, oh, I'm a mechanic and like all the shit that was happening and, you know, uh, Iron Man. And so I like how he was at least had a particular tone, but it still was kind of tied back to a serious, like serious themes of how things are affecting characters. This movie just felt like everybody was just talking at a camera and they were just fucking going at it. And literally, I, I, I almost would guarantee you that there was no script when Keegan-Michael Key was going at it with Thomas Jane um, on the bus, I, I guarantee you there was no script at all, which was funny, but it's like, yeah, but aren't these supposed to be the heroes? 
Like that's what's weird about this uh, the movie a lot. I really wish that there had been a like like you said like a bit more of a focus, and it doesn't really matter to me which direction they chose to focus in. Whether you try to make it more like horror, whether you try to make it more action, whether you try to make it more comedy. So I wish they really picked the lane because you know some of like some of the like I mentioned some of the action scenes, like the, specifically the predator breaking out of the lab, was cool. Um, some of the comedy. Like I was legitimately laughing when they when Olivia Munn woke up to the room full of guys and they were talking up they were talking about how they made bets as to whether or not she would have gone for the shotgun <laughs> and tried to kill them. Like I thought that was really funny, but it was just so discon it was just so out of place with anything that was on either side of it. Every scene didn't match what was on either side of it in terms of theme and tone. And that was just like really it was like whiplash, not like back and forth. Um, like the one, the yeah. one scene where they're it, where they're in his house, and his wife is like, "What the hell are you all doing in my house?" And oh, then half so of them are like, "We want to stay here and watch TV." It's like an awkward scene because then they're kind of trying to make up their mind whether they want to save the day or not. But it's just, it's not executed well, and it's not funny. It's just kind of like they keep trading the remote, and like nobody knows what. It's almost like there wasn't again that wasn't scripted, and everybody was just kind of like, "Who's on first? Who's actually going to stay here and watch yeah. TV? And who's going to fight the predator?" <laughs> And you had mul- you had it happened like multiple times. You have Boyd Holbrook's character leaves, then you have Nebraska's characters get a rousing speech, and then he also leaves, uh, like speech with uh, his wife, you know Holbrook's wife, and then he leaves, and then it's to the point where oh, we're like guys, we let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, and it's, it was like what, and then even you have like Nettles to say a line, I'm going, you know, not because of the speech, but I don't like people calling me a pussy. <laughs> what? That's. I just wanted his wife why? to be more of a badass. Like she grabbed the shotgun, she was going to do it, she was going to do something, and then she keeps getting shut down. Like I don't think it should have been a one woman movie. I think there should have been a moment maybe where like the wife shot one of the pred dogs with that shotgun, or like you know actually did some damage and you know like proved that she could be a badass. But she just kept getting kind of knocked out of the scene, and it, it was really- like, okay, well, what's the point of building up to this and then not doing anything about it? I think even Olivia Munn's character continuously had to be saved by either a man or a dog character in this well, movie. And it felt like she also couldn't even like hang, like she couldn't even hang or kind of take care of herself, which is very sad. So that's an interesting thing about this movie in that, and I don't know if it was intentional. I don't think it was, but like you were saying, the female characters, whether or not they were like strong and participating, didn't really do anything. But more importantly, a lot of times weren't allowed to do anything. And one thing that I thought was just kind of funny in a weird way was how Olivia Munn's character who was a biologist whose like sole purpose in this scenario should be to like learn and study things there are about three or four different times where she tries to get a sample of something and everyone around her is like fuck you like stop doing that and it's (laughs) like yeah whenever she tries to do her job someone gets the way and just like no fuck you come with us which is all well like which is whatever like that's fine but it's like what was the point of her character I, I mean, as far as I can tell, there was none because she didn't really ever do anything. She has she that moment where she jumps on the giant predator and like, does she shoot him in the head? She, she does. No, that's Thomas Jane. Stabs him. Okay. No, Thomas Jane was stabbing him, and then she, she, yeah, she pulled out a pistol and started shooting him in the head. Yeah, because that was super effective. But it was Thomas Jane who was. No, Thomas Jane has that the badass scene where he's just on fire. That part was great. That was yeah, because he jumped on. For no reason, he jumped on the flaming predator in order to stab him. I yeah, want to see a movie where it's Thomas Jane's uh, Punisher versus the Predator. I don't. No, <laughs> predator I wins. That. Yeah. Oh, no. here's another thing too that I that really frustrated me. So throughout the movie, the predators are getting shot at with probably a million different uh, like rounds of bullets, 
And all of them deflect off their body because I guess we assume they have super hard skin or as Olivia Munn pointed out, they can grow exoskeletons underneath their fucking skin. But <laughs> at the very end, when the movie has decided that it's over, uh, what's his name? Goes up to the Predator while it's lying on the ground and shoots him in the face and he just dies. And it's like, like a million bullets blasted off this guy's entire body and none of them ever did anything. But because it's the end of the movie, it gets to work. And it was just like, it was just like silly. <laughs> I also have an issue with that mocha because it felt like, guys, bullets aren't working. <laughs> if bull- So this is just logic here. If bullets aren't working, you used a grenade launcher and you killed a dog with a grenade launcher that had a similar effect with bullets bouncing off. So, why not use something else besides fucking bullets that's not working? Mm-hmm. No, well, to be fair, just... he shot grenades into his gullet. Like, that dog swallowed yeah, grenades. But, but try something else, right? Like, I, my thing is, try something else. It wasn't until over an, an hour and 30 minutes into this movie that they were like, well, we put it on fire, and then we're going to start using its weapons against it. That's fucking stupid. Like, it, especially these people who have like been studying and they know, like, clearly uh, Sterling King's Brown's character, which I have no idea what his name is, his character knows about the fact that this technology and he knows how to work it. And he knows that this technology is, uh, he, I mean, he just like des- deduced it pretty quickly of, hey, these weapons are here to help us uh, fight off these predators. So why aren't you automatically using those in the first place? So I definitely agree with your frustration in that regard. But for me, the frustrating thing about the whole situation with the bullets bouncing off the predators is this. And that's when you take a look at what made the original Predator and even Predator 2 interesting, it's the fact that regardless of the fact that the Predator is an ape, an apex Predator and is like very talented and skilled, it's still like mortal. Uh, like It can get wounded and you can fight back. It's just that you're outpowered, but you can outsmart it. You can do things to hurt it over time and it has to heal itself, has to take care of itself. And when you throw that out the window, like you said, Brylan, it just turns it into a Hulk situation and there's nothing interesting yeah. about that. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's terrible. Like, um, I mean, with that super predator, they you decide to use CG to show him moving around and everything, which I think was like the worst choice they could have made. Uh, because the predator looks awesome when it's a person in a suit, and yeah, fine, have the small predator be a person in a suit. You can still have the big predator be a person in a suit and just use really cool camera angles to show, hey, he's a little bit bigger, he's a little bit faster, stronger meaner than this other predator which could have made him a serious badass and just show us something a little bit more than what we've seen from the predator so far i mean i would have to say like that scene where he punches the shit out of the pre- the smaller predator's face and rips his head off pretty badass but they, they really don't earn it because it's all cg which i thought was sucky um, yeah. But to your point, Ryland, before when you said that it didn't make sense to have a giant predator because they're all stealthy, what if, and here's a pitch, what if they went the other way and got, say, Peter Dinklage to play like a <laughs> super tiny predator who could sneak around and like kill the shit out of people? I think I would watch that movie 10 times. The Petite Predator. Yeah, le petit predator. Uh, <laughs> leprechaun <laughs> predator. Leprechaun predator in the hood, part three. No, but uh, like instead of making them fifteen feet tall, make them ten feet tall. Little, I mean, just a little bit taller, a little bit leaner, meaner, faster. No, I think if you probably need to make them the same size, 
so that no. it still can use practical effects and just upgrade you, this they, what they upgrade can actually tech, do. Give them like extra technology, like the endoskeleton. Yes. Sounds cool, but you don't really show it. You just you hear a sound, and that's what we're supposed to assume is this endoskeleton coming to life or just being activated. But we don't see anything cool that's like, oh, this is cool alien technology that will make him a more badass hunter. Just a predator with a turtle shell. <laughs> Here's something kind of interesting that someone online mentioned in like a discussion about this movie when it was still coming out. And it was something that I completely ignored at the time. But given how absolutely, utterly trash the movie was, it was actually a great idea. When they saw in the trailer that there was a super predator, their immediate thought was, oh, I wonder if this is the female of the species. Because in a lot of animal species, especially ones that are like that involve hunting, females tend to be larger. And they were like, oh, what if this is like introducing like an aspect of predator culture? Like the females are large. And for whatever reason, this one has to get involved in the hunt. That is infinitely more interesting than... They combined the genes of all these different like, creatures from yeah. across the galaxy and wound up with a predator that was slightly larger. Someone oh asked that question at San Diego and Shane Black was just like, yeah, we're not, there's no female predators in our movie. And then I thought that same thing. I was like, that's actually a really good idea. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, I thought, I mean, it could have been a great moment. And uh, this movie repeatedly makes this happen where um, first off, like the, the end fight and everything is terrible just cause it's so dark. You can't see shit of what's going on and they don't really take the moment to pause and take in like the trauma of a predator hunting people like they do in the original predator. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, when Quinn, um, when Quinn actually finally Boyd Holbrook, finally, they knock down the predator's arm, his leg is cut off and everything. And he goes like, who are you? And the predator starts to try to talk and everything. I thought it'd been cool if he like talked in English and said like, "I am Prince so and so." But instead, Boyd Holbrook just says, "Shut the fuck up" and shoots him in the face. It is such a horrible scene that they choose to uh, just yeah. the, they they set up a good moment, and then they choose absolutely the wrong thing you want to do in that moment. So many <laughs> times in this movie, "I am your father." That would been great. Yeah. That would been amazing. Or yeah, "I am Whoopi Goldberg," like the guy made the joke earlier in the movie. Yeah, I was like, "Would be really? Come on." Um, the one, the the last that thing I do want to talk about before, yeah, for sure. Uh, but it was a black dude who said it, so I guess it's okay. He was explaining that was his like hot take, quick explanation of somebody like, "What's a predator?" Oh, you seen Whoopi Goldberg? It's Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> like what? No, <laughs> not it at all. Surprise! Whoopi Goldberg actually made a cameo in Predator Two. So weird. <laughs> um. So the last thing I do want to talk about uh, real quick is some of this technology. Um, Now, we already know that nothing in this movie makes sense. But in the beginning, Boyd Holbrook kind of encounters the first uh, predator that was fleeing. um, And if he was trying to... Okay, so in the beginning, Boyd Holbrook (laughs) like (laughs) goes and like makes contact with this predator. I just had an issue because if the predator was fleeing, why is he killing people? If he's trying to save humanity and get humanity this weapon, then why is he straight up killing these people randomly? Don't know. Anyways, um, so somehow Boyd gets, uh, oh, it got crashed. And so he took like his helmet and he took his arm cannon and he was able to put his arm cannon on and it somehow disabled the first predator. And since it disabled the first predator, it like spits out this little jewel that allows to use camouflage. Oh yeah, yeah, Did- that made no damn sense at all. 
So move it out. But this whole, this whole, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. As like they say, continue to film it as something important that you think it's gonna be. You think that might be the um, the cargo that's very special, but no, it's something where the uh, it comes out of the wrist launcher. He doesn't press a button or that it just pops out. It's just like here, have a piece of candy, and so (laughs) suddenly he knows he knows how to use this thing. Right off the I'm, bat, to scare like I'm, a bartender. Yeah, for, I mean, it's and then he you know, drinks it. <laughs> it's super intuitive. Who knows? But here's here's where I was going with this, and this is why I was like, oh, this may be an interesting movie. Once this happens, and the predator looks over with his eyes and like clearly sees him, I'm like, did did he like accidentally kill him? But then he got like a reward, and maybe he like unlocked. A achievement, and so he unlocked invisibility. <laughs> so now I'm the thinking, first key in the puzzle. <laughs> yeah, but so this, this is definitely where my mind went. Right? This is where it went, and so I was like, "Oh shit!" So maybe there's going to be other predators that come, and so humans has to collect like all these different types of weapons, and then they get like different upgrades and so they get the arm cannon and then they're gonna get the little other blaster then they maybe get like the boomerang and they get all these weapons that we've been introduced in these other three arguably five movies and so i was like oh okay and so every time he kill a predator he gets something new now 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 that that, that has nothing to do with it okay no. you're just gonna completely <laughs> ship that away no well, okay the- all right, the cool. deuce ex machina of this movie was literally just that a deuce ex machina because he had to <laughs> shit that thing out later in the movie to use it again. Uh, <laughs> At least it was washed so, it off before so, it gave uh, to someone else. <laughs> all of a sudden, oh, my stomach hurt. What, really? Like, that's you that's haven't what pooped you in three days? <laughs> no, it's just my dookies are invisible. Uh, <laughs> there's. There's just so much issues with this technology, but besides the science, there's just issues with everything in this movie. But I, I really felt like when you're opening it up and you're talking about being a sniper and e- even that logic was kind of broken. I was just like, man, what are you doing here? Yeah. Shame. This movie was terrible. Like Sterling K. Brown has a great scene, like a dumb great scene with one of his lackeys where he gave like the boomerang to one of his soldiers and he he just randomly throws it in the forest and he's like, it's a boomerang, you gotta catch it. <laughs> and back. then he just chops his hand off as he comes back. <laughs> he's like, get it with your wrist. He's like, uh, and he just like, the whole thing off. And then he says, wait, I'm gonna go shoot him in the head. With a gun because he's making too much noise. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Noise, which wasn't bothering the child again. No, not at all. We <laughs> we're, we're we're not talking about that anymore. We we've gone past that. The only the noise that bark- bothers them are fire alarms. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just dogs barking for some strange reason and fire alarms, and he has some weird sinus issues. Anyways, let's talk about <laughs> the visual effects here because i know guys we can talk about this movie all night we're not gonna do it rylan it looks like you had some stuff on the visual effects as always we i'm sure abbott loved the effects so i want to start with you rylan and says uh tell me about the visual effect of this movie and the overall look uh yeah the visual effects were terrible um as i mentioned before the CG of the Super Predator was god-awful. He didn't even move right or anything. It should have been just full practical effects for him. Uh, the ships looked terrible. They looked like someone made them in their backyard and just put them on a green screen. Um, and then uh, even like the 
predator killer's suit at the end just looked goofy as hell. It's like, what's going to kill a predator is not one laser shoulder laser. How about four shoulder lasers? That's going to take them out. Absolutely. No, I mean, that's just stupid. Uh, that's just a stupid way of coming to a conclusion about what's going to take out a predator. Um, and then also um, just the way the action was shot. There's a lot of scenes in here. They do close-ups of all these different elements of like the predator ship and the ball that pops out of the uh, predator's uh, of the predator's wrist. Think, oh, this is going to be something important. This is going to be something amazing. They turn out to be nothing. Like they're saying, oh, what's this compartment in the predator's ship? And we see it like three or four times. It turns out to be nothing. It's just where he puts uh, Jacob Tremblay when he wants to take his DNA back to Predator Land. It, it makes no sense at all. Um, and it, I mean, this movie just repeatedly just doesn't know how to set up action scenes, which is unfortunate. You see a lot of guts, you see a lot of gore, but none of it has the intensity that the first uh, Predator had. Like when you see like Jesse Ventura get shot in the chest and then his whole rib cage splits open, that's horrific. And that's is very um that's very traumatic. Like, especially for Mac, who's his like best friend, and how he goes apeshit on that, grabbing the big minigun and just t- mowing down the entire jungle. It makes for just a m- much more exciting action scene and just captures the chaos of being hunted when you don't know what's actually killing you because it's actually attacking so quick and so fast with this advanced mm-hmm. technology. Whereas the technology here is like, yeah, the humans look like they're pretty adept at using this technology too. Uh, but it's just becomes a calamity of errors where it's like, who's going to be the first to fuck up with their weapons? Like the, the super predator uh, totally dies by being speared by his own gun. Uh, which makes it one of the dumbest predator deaths ever. And he's one of the worst predators ever. And I even love the fact that you even mentioned this, Bradley. And I think one of the reasons why I love in, you know, we don't have to talk about the characters anymore, but one of the reasons why I love the original predator is I remember there was like a defining scene for me that was like, you know, these people have been through some shit. And I think when we're sitting there and it's, I can feel that it's hot as shit. They're sitting in the jungle. It's hot as hell. And fucking Mac is sweating bullets all for the the movie. You can clearly see that it's hot as shit. And he uses the fucking razor to just shave his face. And like shaves his arm. And then once he gets like afraid. And so he like stops the razor on his cheek. And then he like starts pressing in. You see the blood trickles down and then it snaps. And I'm like, okay. Whoever like directed that, whoever was like, this will be a good idea. That was better than anything I saw in this movie. So it's like, that was some of the things that we get in that movie that we didn't even need to see a predator. We just talk about like building the tension that I felt like the visual effects definitely less is more. And they were like, no, 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 more is more. Right. And then they just going to go ahead and give you whatever they think is good. It's weird. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, I'm like 100% on the traditional effects train being like a horror fan, like CG can suck it. Like, I don't think the CG here was great. It did the job for what the movie was. Um, But I think it had the same kind of effect on me that the alien from Alien Covenant did. The alien in Alien Covenant was big and bad and like scary. But then you look at it for too long. If the scene is just a couple seconds too long, you're like, 
that's that was pooped out by a computer. That's not anything like that's mm. not real. It's already not real, but it's not real real. It's not a person in a suit, so it's not very scary. But at the end of the day, what I would love to see is a, a CG wedding of the alien from Alien Covenant and the 13-foot-tall predator, if I'm being wholly honest. You should watch. I mean, I think we should review uh, Alien vs. Predator because those movies are great. Maybe number one. <laughs> maybe one. Maybe number one was great. Number two. Maybe we can get uh, Geo to do it on a dollar bin review. There's, oh, there's, there's wrestling moves in that movie. No. I hey, would that's, have that's loved rest, I would have loved one wrestling move in this movie here. Uh, why not? Why wasn't the rock in this movie? Why wasn't the rock the the rock could have been the the giant predator easily. The super predator least, just does a stone cold stunner on the small predator. Listen, the rock could have been the giant predator, right? Get his leg chopped off, it's still okay. Pulls out a sword. Right, and then he just fucks shit up. All right, it's, giant it's, predator should have been the Rock. Boyd Holbrook should have been uh, John Cena. Yes, uh, <laughs> go on. Olivia Munn should have been Vince McMahon. It should be basically the cast of The Expendables <laughs> with the Predator. Is fine. Cool. Like that. I, I would that, have watched that movie before this movie. Yeah, me <laughs> too. <laughs> Expendables versus Predator. Hell yes, yeah. <laughs> yes, bro. Can you imagine, guys? We're gonna get so much bang. What else do we have to talk about the, for the visual effects before we give our lasting thoughts? I got nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> you guys said everything. You know, there's a like, there's a lack of respect for practical effects and what they can bring to a movie like this or any movie really. And I think people and Hollywood directors need to start embracing them more, regardless of how powerful CGI gets. Yeah, I looked at it as uh, I think this movie is competing and it's going to win the box office bout against a uh, another stellar film called The Nun. <laughs> this is all so infuriating. Yes. Yes, Both it is. Fantastic film. Both great, fantastic, incredible films. Go see them. Both great Ooh. for children. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so let's get into our lasting thoughts. I'll start with uh, Brylin. What do you got to say uh, for the Predator? Um, would you recommend this movie? And I got nothing else. What, right. what you got? Uh, so this movie, like the young kids would say, is a hot mess. Um, it's there's a Shane Black film about um, army soldiers that are in a mental institution that's kind of one flew as the cuckoo's nest mixed with stripes that I really want to see, but it that never really gels. And there's a very bad predator film in this movie too. And they, and it's just full of the biggest gaping plot holes you've ever seen in your life when it comes to the plot and what this story is actually about. I don't know what this story about is about because it makes it just throws so much random shit in it that it's not really worth checking out. Um, the only good Predator movie is the original Predator movie. Uh, the best case in point is that when Arnold Schwarzenegger delivers cheesy one-liners, they sound amazing. When Boyle de Holbrook does it, they sound terrible. And you just have to watch the original Predator. This movie would have been better, yeah, if they actually, instead of Boyd Holbrook and some other characters, they had someone like Dwayne Johnson and John Bernthal as a military unit going after these Predators. That would have been badass, I think. Yeah. We may we may still get that movie. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, we may get uh, Predator 1987. Oh. Well, just so you know, Shane Black has the intention of this being a trilogy. 
Holy oh, fuck. God. Yeah, so, they said that. There's gonna no. Be no. Mocha, no. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the plan going into this. To reimagine the franchise. The hot new trilogy. Terrible. Well, um, well Warren warns the throw, <laughs> throw this movie on the big Predator sequel trash fire with the other three Predator sequels. Read the Dark Horse comics. They're much better. <laughs> I I have lost so much confidence. <laughs> I did not know this was going to be a trilogy. This is why I need to start what, what, like reading more shit. I think it, my time is up. I think time's up. I need to start reading more shit. Wow, the predator broke Warren. <laughs> amazing. Shane Black, you've taken away Warren's one defining feature. God damn it! This was the predator's goal the whole time. Abbott, what's your lasting thoughts? Uh, I can't decide if this is the film equivalent of a fidget spinner. Or if you take the Predators out of this film, that it's just a straight-to-video sequel to the A-Team movie that was made a few years ago. Um, but it, it was, at the end of the day, it was the, it was the perfect, dumb, macho sci-fi action movie it probably set out to be. I don't think it really set any expectations. It wasn't trying to blow anybody's mind. If you want a big, dumb popcorn movie, go see it. Um, I'm not going to pressure anybody and be like, you need to see this movie. You can just stay at home and watch the original movie and be just as happy and just as entertained. But if you want to, like, this is a theater movie. Um, but uh, yeah, it it was kind of underwhelming. Um, I do want to see, like I was saying before, I do want to see the sci-fi horror spacey predator movie with just predators. It kind of suffers the same thing that the Transformers movies do. Is like, I would love a movie with just robots. No people. I want to see a Predator movie with just Predators. No people. I don't give a shit about the people in these movies. I just want to see the aliens. Um, but yeah, lasting impressions is um, this movie's not going to last that long in the box office. I thought that's what we were going to get in after we saw Adrian Brody's movie, and I, I, I guess not. Mocha, what you got for me? Wow. Um... Well, I just want to congratulate Shane Black. He managed to make the worst Iron Man film, and now he's also made the worst Predator film, which is a far greater accomplishment. Um, <laughs> you know, with the, the Predator franchise, it's a sad, it's an unfortunate thing because the source material is so good and so ripe for expansion and actual development. Um, but, you know, like no one's really taken in that direction. I feel like the franchise had a chance to set itself back on the right course after Predators starring Adrian Brody, which came out not too long ago, which wasn't great, but it also wasn't as bad as this. Um, but Shane Black has gone ahead and just knocked the entire uh, process back in a significant way. Um, this movie wasn't good. It was funny at times, but more often than not, just aggravating. And I feel like you're better off not watching this movie, even if you can watch it for free in a park like on a screen somewhere. Um, don't watch this movie. Don't make Shane Black think that he has the right to make two more of these. <laughs> Let's just kill it now. Let's just end this, everybody. Let's all make a pack to Hashtag end this now. No Shane Black. Hashtag well, you know, no. this is what he does. Is he made So he made Iron Man 3 and it made a ton of money and then he made the movie that he actually wanted to make, which was Nice Guys. So now he's going to make The Predator, which is another franchise film, make a decent amount of money and then he's probably going to make a sequel to Nice Guys called The Even Nicer Guys. <laughs> I mean, the nice guys was funny. I don't think it's because of Shane Black. I think it's because of the casting in that movie was also phenomenal. Again, he does have, you know, he has the ability to have great cast. And um, I even like in 
Um, Iron Man 3, that he at least has a prominent sort of female character. Yes, she is kind of souped up, and yes, it doesn't make any fucking sense, but he at least kind of does it, so, sure. Um, my lasting thoughts is, don't go watch this movie. <laughs> save your money. Dear God, save your money. You know what? I would even, I would have, I, I would actually go back and watch Jurassic World for Ty Simpkins. Oh, God. Then watch this movie again. I guarantee you. I, or, I, or I, I Jurassic was, World Fallen Kingdom, which is even worse. Oh, <laughs> that movie's even worse. That movie came out this year. Um, yeah, truthfully, though, I know we had talked about it before, but we don't always want to review bad movies. We don't always like to shout on bad movies, but at times, you know, shit happens. Thanks, Shane Black. Um, but, you know, definitely kind of save your movie. There is a bunch of an amazing stuff out there. Uh, Emmys just was this past week, and we're getting ready for Oscar season. We're getting ready for a lot of good potential movies that are could be coming coming out. And a lot of things that probably would never even make it to theaters. So definitely check it out things on Netflix and check out things on Amazon. Like go do do yourself a favor, save yourself some money. Or if you have like some sort of like uh, movie pass or whatnot, save yourself the time because it is like I've already paid for this uh, for with the pass, and I was like, fuck, I I, I would have loved to take a nap. <laughs> before <laughs> watching this movie because I was like, fuck, I want my hour, I want my two hour, and there was like mad trailers. So this entire thing felt like it was like two hours and 45 minutes. Um, real. If you have yeah. a list, don't waste one of your three free movie slots for the week. No, yeah. no. That's all this don't is do Dolby it. cinema with my a list. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, no, I had a dine in and I literally, uh, I, I was purposely late. I was called Mocha and then I ordered food to be purposely late so I can miss the trailer. And guess what? There were still, 10 fucking trailers for this movie. Oh, and so it's like, my gosh, what's going on? Uh, but yeah, so long story short, don't watch this movie. <laughs> long podcast short. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> and with that, we have been the Down and Front Podcast. Thank you so much for kind of tuning in. I'm super excited. Uh, get ready because we are going to be reviewing another classic. I've actually never heard of this movie, so I will just throw this out there. Please. Please don't let this movie be terrible. I may go watch the trailer. Uh, so I'm going to tell everybody right now we are going to be reviewing The Sisters Brothers. I have no idea what this movie's about, but if it's shitty, we will be changing it. So <laughs> just gonna I'm just going to toss that out there for right now. Uh, Brylan, where can people find more of your work? Uh, yeah, you can find me uh, shooting Metal Spheres out my butt on Twitter. At Brylon, B-R-I-L-U-N-D. Uh, I also will post many movie and TV reviews on Instagram at I am Brylon. I recently put up uh, some for Jack Ryan and American Vandal Season 2. Uh, and I'm also the host of the Gamescast, twitch.tv slash Podcast. We're playing through Spider-Man 2. Or not Spider-Man 2. We're playing through Spider-Man on the PS4. <laughs> um, Spider-Man 2 came out 20 years ago. Um, and we're about to face the Shocker, one of the first big bosses. So can't wait to can't wait to uh, fight him, see what that's like. Uh, uh, also, shout out to my brother, William, who finally actually picked up Monster Hunter World because I've been raving about it a bunch. And he is now following us on the Gamescast. And so he requested to ask when's the next time that we're going to have some Monster Hunter on there. So, Abbott? Uh, I might clear some Spider-Man time to play Monster Hunter again with you. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Abbott, where can people find more of your work? 
Uh, yeah, I am a host of the Down in Front podcast, Beer Boners. We mostly cover horror and horrible movies. Um, you can find us on Twitter. We have a, a separate Twitter where we kind of talk about spooky and creepy things. That's at Beer Boners, D-I-F-P. Uh, and you can actually email me directly with requests or questions or uh, personal ads if you want to um, send me some some risque things at beerbonersdifp uh, at gmail.com. And the beautiful Mocha? Yes. So you can find me checking uh, people with dreadlocks for green blood on Twitter at Mocha Mike L-I, as the Lord intended. Um, unfortunately, it's not at Mocha Mike. The person with that username uh, was killed by a superior being and had the username incorporated into their DNA. So it's no longer available for me. But until then, at Mocha Mike L-I, you can also find me on Instagram at Mocha Mike, where I post more of my photography work and on Medium at Mocha Mike where I write longer form reviews about the things that we talk about here. And you can find more of our works. Definitely go check out our website, Down in Front Podcast. If you like for what we do, you definitely want to support us, get early episodes and get bonus materials. Uh, definitely become a patron, patreon.com slash Down in Front Podcast, even for as little as $1 a month. Um, find us on Twitter, underscore DAFP. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Down in Front Podcast. Literally everywhere that you search, we will be going to be on there. We're going to be getting ready to revamp a lot of stuff. I'm super excited because we're approaching a time where I'm not going to be traveling as much, which means I get a chance to kind of hang out and binge a bunch of shows. So definitely go check out more of our work. Definitely go find ourselves. We will see you soon. We will see you very, very soon again. Thanks so much for your time. And we will say so long, farewell. Please don't watch this movie.